experience the ripple effect. The ripple effect. The ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. I'm Jeff Gatano. I'm JJ Chanowski. And we have the Gladwell family here with us tonight. We're so honored to have them. So Tim, I'm going to go ahead and turn the, a moment over to you. Good evening. Uh, glad to be here. So I'm Tim Gladwell. I'm going to introduce my family, Stacy Gladwell, my wife, Colton Gladwell, my oldest son, Preston Gladwell, my middle son, and Parker, the youngest son. Everybody, it's okay to say hi. <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's up? Hello. <laughs> you know, I'm, going to, I'm just going to start really quick because I was thinking before we walked in here how much of a special episode of this podcast I feel this really is because... When we talk about building Utah youth and rapport and you are who you hang around with, it's like the expansion in this circle alone in this room is absolutely amazing what's occurred over the past couple of years. Absolutely. And I think, too, I'll echo what Jeff said. You know, I've spent a lot of time with this family and they're the ones that sent me off to leadership breakthrough one and put my power pack together. Yeah, there is a lot of family in front of me, so I'm excited to hear their story tonight and start at the beginning. And but I'm here, I'm way excited to hear from Stacy and Tim first. So oh boy, well awesome, <clears throat> Jay, uh, Jay. Yeah, we agree with you. It's um, amazing how this has grown from such a small thing to such a huge thing. I'll go back in time and and talk about when my kind of process going through this or how I got involved with uh, rapport. Um, my company back in 2004 is when we first heard about it. And at the time it was pretty small in Northern Utah, you know, it was based in Nevada at the time, Las Vegas, and it was just starting to grow out here and started with, uh, cap construction actually brought it to us and came to my boss, Slade O'Pikins and said, Hey, you guys really need to start. So Slade went and I still remember him coming back and saying, Hey, you're going and you're going to enjoy this. It's something that's life changing. It's a, a great for your personal improvement leadership, right? And that's what you think going out there. Well, we didn't know anything about it. And so you go out to the desert with this backpack and uh, you find out it's not about leadership for work. It's about leadership for your family and how to be a better person. And it, uh, I came back. I still remember coming back. I was, uh, it was a Saturday, Sunday night and um, Monday happened to be uh President's Day holiday. Well, if anybody knows in Vegas when it rains, the flights just don't leave there. So here I am, you know, sitting in the airport at midnight, just loving watching people and wanting to talk to everybody in there. And I get home and Stacy makes a mistake of saying, how was your class at three in the morning <laughs> or two in the morning? We talked till sun up. And then I woke up all my kids and said, we're going skiing and we're going to go, you know, live this life and go have fun and enjoy being a family. And go together. And from that, you know, from that process, I thought, hey, man, Stacy has got to go to this. We've got to, you know, I got get, got to get the family involved. And do you guys remember that morning? I, I have a vivid memory. I was only seven and I, I told this in the last podcast and I remember just vividly my dad coming home, but I don't remember going skiing to be honest, but it, 
and I don't remember his attitude, but that day I remember him coming home and there was something different. But I was I was too young to even realize what was going on. And, and from then on it was no trying JFDI and let's <laughs> just get after it. Yeah. Tim, I'm really cur- curious what you were like prior to going through this. Like what were you thinking when they came to you and said you're going to this? You know, what kind of a person were you leading up to that? Were you know, do you feel like you did it, tra- it it obviously transformed you but were you know were you a little more on the shire side were you you know take charge at everything that you did i mean i i only know you like that now how are you before oh no i had that i mean i think part of you know being a leader in life anyway a type a personality you you already have that kind of built into you of taking charge and being in control and i had that type of job anyway um again i think the I know for me, the biggest thing I got out of that first class, and, and by the way, I'll back up to your question. So when I'm sitting there the day before I leave, Slade comes in and sits across the desk from me and just smiles at me, right? Doesn't say anything, just smiles. I'm like, what? what what's going on? What, what's, you know, what am I getting into? And he says, I can't even explain it, but you will love it. It'll be hard, but you will love it. And, you know, again, we didn't know much about it. And you get to that, the, office in Vegas to get on the bus to go out to the retreat and you're all just sitting there kind of staring at each other no one wants to say much of anything right it's like uh, sitting on a at a bus stop right you're just everybody's just kind of doing their thing and and then you're given some keys you know some cute find out what the driver's name is what does the p mean on the mountain you know there's a bunch of clues and and kind of the, the just the fun part about getting to someone ready to go out there and so we're starting what's the driver's name what's the first name of everybody in your class you know going through all that and and you, you know you get out to the retreat and and uh the first thing you do is basically eat dinner right and you're sitting there and you're thinking oh this isn't that bad the food's good this is pretty cool and and then they start right then they come around and they select two people out of the class to come down and who knows what they're doing but obviously they're being loud downstairs and you're thinking wow this is something's about to happen and Actually, I would say that my first night, um, you know, you go in there, you sit down, class starts, and then you have a process you have to do. And and uh, we got through that process, what sucked. And then we sat back in the horseshoe to share. And uh, that's, um, that's when I realized that uh, where I was feeling in my life was with my wife. And, and respecting her as a true partner in our relationship. And that stuck with me the whole time. And it really was my reason to continue and to do, you know, to, to strive and push on that through the course of how do I be a better father and a better husband, not just a father, you know, for, for the family in general. And as Preston said, they were, the kids were much younger. So she was my concern at that time. And um, I'll never forget that, that, that first night. And, and literally I just bawled, I couldn't even talk. And Fonseca was our trainer. And finally she said, you know, can you talk about what you're feeling? And I, I shared kind of what I shared here and, you know, obviously with a lot more tears probably, but it was, that was kind of my awakening of, I can be a better person by being a better father, by being a better husband. Cause what, what matters at home comes to work too, you know, and if home's not happy, work's not happy. And that made a heck of a difference for me. And, and that's when I decided Stacy had to go. And obviously at the time I wasn't around so I didn't know what the kids would do, but I knew that Stacy needed to experience that too and, and build our bond together. Um, 
you know, through that trust and, and love of each other and true respect of we are equals. You know, I'm not above you. You're not above me. We're equals in this. So how did you feel, Stacy? Um, well, the first night I remember when he came home and he just grabbed me and would not let go. And I was and I'm not a cuddly person. So I was like, what? And we just talked and talked. And um, I yeah, I he, he came back completely different um, from when he left. And it was good that he was able to share his feelings, but, you know, towards me because he wasn't, he's genuinely or generally didn't like to share his feelings. Um, but um, as far as the kids too, he just um, was just a lot more present in the moments, I think, rather than with you too, with me too. Yeah. With, with the whole family. So, yeah, and he he had the rapport voice for, I remember, for at least a couple of weeks. And we're like, what in the hell <laughs> is going on? Yeah. And he's like, you're going. And I'm like, hmm. And shortly after, there I was. <laughs> so you're both master grads. Yes. That I do know. But I, I want to stay on you. So oh what, what changed, Stacy, with your relationship with Tim? I, I want to understand um, that. I, I, I think communication is the big thing that changed. Um, trust and, yeah, communication, trust, love, a deeper love. I guess the connection just grew stronger. Well, the truth of the matter is with any relationship, I think you, you sometimes, you know, you're young and you get together and think, well, this is love. It must be love. I'd really like to be with her, but... It's not truly a developed love until you make it that way, right? As as our relationships grow, and and you know we all have. I obviously we've had our goods and bads in a relationship, but to be able to to say, hey, we don't give up on each other. You know, this right. is what matters the most, and and not just throw in the towel like a lot of people do. Which a lot of that's from rapport. A lot of it's from that training and and just feeling like who you are is is that matters to you to to finish everything to persevere and and that perseverance is part of relationships too it's not just in your job your work your kids it's everything you do is never give up you know and so I think that's for both of us has been huge and and then I luckily you know like you said we're both master grads I was able to go on team when she went through LB2 and so we were able to do that process together and and that was incredible and and then PC obviously was fun, and we've been on team together for that. And, you know, there's some processes in all of these that you go, wow, this is pretty neat, you know. And, and for us, where you I, – I don't remember the exact process, but you, you kind of hold each other up and you walk and the, the lines get further out, you know, and you try to stay – you stay together. Um, and then you talk to each other. And back then, we'd, we'd sit on the deck and have – drink wine on Sunday nights. Yeah. And we just – you know, that was – what. It was fun to sit in and actually talk and have conversations because in life we just get busy and you forget to stop and just talk to each other. So a lot of that, you know, has all been because I, I give a lot of credit to rapport and, and the, the classes that we went to. Oh, yeah, me too. And so for master grad, how many classes do you go through? Three. Three. So you go, you go through LB1, Leadership Breakthrough 1, Leadership Breakthrough 2, and then PC. PC. Yes. Right. And then you become a master grad. So staying on your family. Okay. So Preston, you were seven at that time when your dad went through. Yes. 
So tell me about the family. Just kind of walk through that seven years old. Seven years kind of old. tell me about your your life there and then move forward. I'd like to back oh. up and talk about when the Gladwell fa- family was actually founded. Oh, no. Yes, don't. that is yeah, a great, great story. Idea. The, the fa- like yeah, when the, it was founded. I'd like to hear the gas station story, Mom. What gas station story? Oh, no. Yeah, that's the, that's the second founding. The second founding? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we met in high school. Um in a human biology class. In the class. 1900s. In the 1900s. <laughs> literally the 1900s, way back when. We're old. They don't have cars that old anymore. <laughs> no cell phones, no social media. Really? It was face-to-face. I know, crazy, crazy shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, anyways, um, I had a little crush on him. Um, he was dating Colton's mother. And, yeah, so... We went out on a date, horseback riding. Um, I went back, found out he was dating another girl and she was pregnant. And so I said, "Um, see ya. (laughs) And about a year later, he came in and said, hey, you want to go to the zoo with me and my seven-month-old son, Colton? And I said, heck yeah. She was hooked. That I was day. hooked. Yep. And it, I think it was Colton I fell in love with I'm first. I'm certain it was Colton. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And it was from then on. Yeah. And it, she's right. I mean, it. I always wanted Colton involved with whoever that would be, you know, would be his ultimate stepmother. And she took him right in, just like she's done with our grandchild, Jackson. I mean, you you know, he's her, he's her son. There is no difference. Yeah. There's no it's, it's, you know, just not blood. It's, uh, otherwise it is right. And, you know, so. I'm always, I, when people ask me how many kids you have, I have three and they're like, how old's your oldest? 30. How old were you? <laughs> I'm like, well, but yeah, he's, he's my boy always. So yeah. And we got a grandchild. That's, That's exciting. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. How, how old were you both when you met? I was 17. Well, we were, I was 16 when we met, 17 when we started dating. Wow. Yeah. And we got, I got married at 20. He was, yeah. So I was 22. Yeah. You know, the standard Utah thing, got to get married early. <laughs> yeah. Colton was our little ring boy. So yeah. And then a couple of years later, we had Preston and Parker was right, right after. So, <laughs> and yeah, I, I can't imagine not having boys. They, they are truly the loves of my life. So, yeah. So to um, just to move on and then get to the boys with some comments. So, you know, Stacy and I became master grads going through all three of the classes. And then we also got, luckily, got to do Eagle Quest together. And uh, so we're warriors as well. And, and uh, it's just, you know, we always knew uh, how do we get the kids involved? When do we get the kids involved? And it was during that Sometime towards the end of when we got master grads and well, probably Eagle Quest, that buy started, and Stacy got involved immediately, um, helping with the galas and things back then. To, because we, you know we were committed, we knew it was a good thing, and a lot of good people, as as you mentioned early on, of the, the people that we got to know or know better because of rapport, it's just been incredible. And and you know they're all all of them are going in the right direction. All of them wants to be a better person, do better things, give back to the community. And so we, you know, we just felt like that was something we should get involved with right away. 
And then once, you know, we had the opportunity for the kids to go, we didn't, you know, wait a second. I mean, obviously Colton uh, went first and he actually went down. This was before building Utah youth. He actually went down to the desert. Yeah. And, and why don't you talk about where you went? Because it wasn't the retreat. It was a different location down there that they used to have. Um, it was tents or cabins or something. Yeah. Cold, cold yeah. showers. Yeah, it was a compound. I can't remember where it was or anything, but you're right. It had a bunch of cabins. How old were you, Colton? Oh, was I? Six, was I 16? Yeah, I can remember if I was 15, 16, somewhere in there. Um, but, yeah, I had the opportunity to go down to the desert, um, sleep in the cabin with a bunch of bunch of other people and uh, take cold showers, as, as Stacy said. And, um, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing, uh, amazing experience. Absolutely. So I remember when Colton came home, he was so stoked, and he picked us up in his red cougar. <laughs> he picked us up in this red cougar, and he was, we went up to Tremont to his buddy's house, and he was just on fire completely. And we learned how to do bong at that point. We were, what? <laughs> Mountain Dew bong. Yeah. Okay. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. <laughs> Not do a bong. No, 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 my bad. No, we were bonging Mountain Dew. That was later in the story. <laughs> yeah, a little later. <laughs> but, vivid memory again of when someone came home from rapport. But yeah. How was that experience for you, though, Colt? If you want to share more. Uh, no, it was it was amazing. Obviously, I didn't know what to expect either. I, I had seen the change in, in my dad and Stacy when they came back. Um, but... I just like anybody, I didn't know what to expect. I was excited to go. Um, you know, I, as, as they talked about earlier, I had an, another family as well that I actually lived with at the time. And so it was, um, uh, although I was excited to go, the other side of the family had no idea what I was getting into and thought it sounded pretty crazy going down to the desert in Vegas somewhere at the age of 16. So, um, yeah, it was, there was a lot of, a lot of feelings that went into it, but um, overall, I was very excited and went down there. I had a really positive experience. Um, as Preston said, I came back on fire. I um, just just loved every minute of it. Met a lot of people that I, uh, a lot of friends down there that I still talk to to this day. And yeah, it was great. It was a life changing. What, what was your biggest takeaway? Um, well, I think that's changed over the years. I think now my biggest takeaway is um, to really finish everything I start and to look at things more than just at rapport as processes in themselves. Um, different challenges I've gone through, different, um, uh, you know, chapters in my life that um, were challenging. I can look back and think, well, that was actually a process, and this is what I've learned from it, and, and being able to, you know, be retrospective and look at it like that and understand that when I'm going through a process, when I'm going through a hard time, that eventually I'm going to come out the other side and uh, learn something from it. So at what point did you go into the, the military? Uh, so I joined the military at um, age 21. I, um, I think, yeah, age 21 and through training sometime I, I turned 22. So right, right around in there. So this was after you had gone into the military? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, How do no. you? No, no. Rapport was before. Oh, it went, was before. Okay. Yeah, before I went into the military. Absolutely. Do you feel like it prepared you for going into serve your country? Uh, absolutely. Without a doubt, it prepared me, uh, prepared me not just for the training I was about to go through. Obviously there's some similarities in the trainings, but it also, also just kind of, um, like I said, helped me, um, understand what process I was going through and, and really pay attention to what I could learn and how I could grow as a person throughout all the steps of my military training and my military service. And yeah, it was absolutely beneficial, still beneficial in my, in my service today. Absolutely. 
Yeah, thank you for your service, by oh, the way. Well, yes. thanks for your yeah. support. And and you've been just so the audience understands. Where have you been in the military? Uh, so I've uh, first stationed in Kadena, Okinawa, Japan, which is in uh, Kadena Air Base. Um, went from there. I went to well, while I was there, I did a tour in Afghanistan. Um, when I came back, I did a tour in Korea. Um, from there, I went to um, Ramstein Air Base in Germany. Did a tour in. Um, uh, Al-UD or Qatar. Then from there, I went to up to Alaska. Um, while I was in Alaska, I, I did a tour at another location in the Middle East. And then, um, yeah, I went back up to Alaska for a while. My mouth is wide open while he's talking, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I got really lucky. I was able to see a lot of see a lot of great places. Thank you again. Oh, thank you. Thanks for your support. So we haven't heard from Parker yet. And I know that I'm watching Parker and Preston both as, as they're, you know, big brothers talking about his life and, and listening to the family share. I just can't wait to hear from you, Parker. Yeah, well, what do you want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> this is where it gets real. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, you and Preston in particular, uh, you stood by for a lot of years because, I mean, early on when your mom and dad went through the program, I mean... Yeah. A lot of time passed be, be, between when they went and then you guys did. What were your thoughts as you saw all the changes happening? Uh, I was excited to go, you know, just watching them go through everything. And it just seemed like a really cool experience. And uh, our uncles went through it, Ryan and Tanya, and they loved it. And so it just kind of became a family thing at that point, you know. So I was really thrilled to go. And then obviously Colton went through it and he had a great time. Preston had a blast and... I was able to go to his graduation. It was awesome. So, yeah, I was super excited to, to go and do that. So what, you know, before you went, what were you like? And then as you went through it, what did you learn? And maybe some lessons after. Uh, before I went through it, I don't know. I've always been pretty crazy as a kid, you know. So after going through it, I feel like I was even a little more crazy. Like I didn't really take much <laughs> out. <laughs> Um, and I did take things out, you know, obviously, um, I was in, I was what, 15 at that time. So, you know, school projects or talking in front of the class was a lot easier, you know, after going through rapport and doing all that. But, uh, the main thing I took away was just the JFDI mentality. I'd say, you know, just rock and roll. So, you know, obviously there's mistakes made down the path, but you learn from it and you move on and do better and just hope that things can become what they become. Well, I would just add to Parker's, I mean, for all the kids, you know, we all do, we all have goods and bads in our life and up and down. And, you know, when I watched the kids graduate, go through the process and then graduate, I, I still remember thinking, just remember that mom and dad will always be there. You can fall down, but we'll help you back up, but we're never going to give up on you. And, um, you know, it, that goes for obviously all the kids and, um, Parker said he's a leader, no doubt, and to a point where he can almost be an arrogant person when he was younger, you know, and uh, pretty cocky. Um, because of that, you know, he, he maybe ran with some friends at times that maybe he shouldn't have. And, well, yeah, leader in football, you know what I mean? Yeah, Just In general. But he, but Parker, you know, going back, but there was some. I wouldn't say cocky. I would say 
I would say really oh, confident. Oh, okay. Cocky. Here's mom. Mom's being nice. No, it was confidence. <laughs> it was confidence. It's, yes. al- so let's it, go with that. it's always mom bringing it down a level. <laughs> but during those tough times, which are tough, and, and like Colton said, it's, you know, you, you can work through them because you've worked through tough times in your life. This program that Rapport teaches you to work through those hard things. Parker always worked. Preston always worked. Colton always worked through those hard things. And and because of it, I think, oh, I know all of them are a much better person because of that. But I, that pushing your child back up, standing them up, I, that never giving up, it always meant so much to me because kids will fall down. They'll struggle. They'll have hard times. Yes, mom and dad want to save them from having any, but they're going to have them. And what they, when they, you help them and you, you say, whatever happens, we're going to love you and we will be there. That, I think, is the most important thing for kids to know and and i'll go i was on team for a teen class and you go through one of the processes at night and uh you know the kids get letters from their their family and i was shocked how many of those kids stood up and said my mom or dad or someone doesn't say they love me never tells me they love me and that's been something in our house to this day uh, any of these boys you know stacy included when we talk on the phone the last word is, I love you, Dad. And I love you, Preston Parker, Colton, whoever it is. But they say it to this day because that's what's powerful to us. That's our bond. You know, this is the last time we may talk. I love you. Because you never know what's going to happen. You know, drive out and get in a car wreck. But those things are just, uh, for our family, I truly believe, have just been really powerful and incredible for us to learn and grow together and it's been passed down, you know, now that they're married, oh, two out of three, but might as well be three. You see the same thing getting instilled in their wives of that, you know, and I love you and I care about you and I'll always be there for you. But I think that was for me the most important watching these kids go through is no matter what, you're going to fall down, but we're going to push you back up and we're going to be there uh, because we know you're worth it. I can think back to when Preston and Parker both went through. The reality of it is when you go through rapport as a kid, you still come back as a kid. Uh, you just come back more focused. You come back, as Preston said, with that JFDI mentality. And and I can think back to when Preston and Parker went through and uh, how amazing it was and to see the change in them, to see how much more driven they were and, and uh, had a lot less quit in them before. And both of them came back on fire. I can say Preston came back with probably more fire than any of us and still has it. In fact, you're kind of annoying about it sometimes. <laughs> uh, but Thank you. <laughs> But it, it really does change you, and it really does um, give you focus and, and um, uh, you know, helps you for sure understand your feelings better, drive through um, hard times. And, and I'll agree with my dad that it's, it's, it's definitely helped us uh, bond as a family and helped us bond as brothers um, and be able to, you know, be more emotionally, I guess, available is what, is what I'd say with each other and be willing and, and able to be open and, and say, yeah, hey, Parker Preston I love you you know yeah I was just I was just going to get back to those letters I mean you know your parents love you like you say I love you we'll see you after work or we'll we'll see you after school but those letters are so impactful when you read them like I love you this how much I care so much about you and I'll always be for, here for you and for me I always had my parents there to back me up but for children that don't get that all the time getting those letters it's amazing. I was just on team this past weekend and seeing those kids break down of happiness, tears of joy. I mean, that, that, that can impact you in 
give you enough energy as a kid to go on for years with just that letter of love. I think those letters, just handwritten letters are so important, even outside of rapport, of course. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a text message today. No, it's no, a lot more deeper and a lot more heartfelt. Yeah. You know, when you think, when you think about it, letters in mass use is really a thing of the past. They're, you know, it, it, they're not really used as much as they used to be and they mean a lot more completely. Yeah. And you're right. It changes the child. Oh yeah. I mean, I felt love. I know, like I still think back to that moment in class and I can feel that love I felt from my mom, my dad, my grandpa Val wrote one. And I think my grandpa David as well. And you can, I can still feel that energy of happiness when I'm having a hard time or going through hard things. So your advice to the audience, to the parents is write a letter to your kids. Yes, of course. Yeah. Write a love letter. (laughs) Really. It's a love letter to your kids. And I'll, I'm holding myself to that. I will, I will do that for my kids. I have them. We have a saying in our family, the definition of love is action. And what Stacy and Tim did for all the kids, but I, I got to watch this man I'm touching right now, Parker, go through things and they never, and I'm talking about Stacy and Tim, never, ever gave up on him. And that's what Tim was talking about. And that love from afar, I wasn't there, but I got to see part of it. And that was amazing. Yeah, you've got a great support system. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm super grateful for what they did for me during, during that time. It was uh, crazy. <laughs> Let's talk about some of that since we're all here together. Uh, I was hoping we wouldn't. But. Yeah, yeah, you know that we're going to. No, we don't want to talk about things in detail. What we do want to talk about the fact that in life, you know, things do show up. Mm-hmm. And we do make mistakes. And, and most people have a support system in their lives. They just aren't aware of them. And then even if you have a support system, it's really important to focus on that and how you're contributing to that. But for kids, for teens especially, it's such a, it's just a tough time. It is. There's mm-hmm. so much transition that's happening at that time. And, and kids that are listening, you think your parents have a, a playbook for you. They don't. They're just, they care about you and love you and want the best for you. And they're going off of their own life experience on, on how they coach, mentor you or some of the rules they put in place. And yet there's still things that happen. There's that part of allowing people to make mistakes. And we talked about that before we got started tonight. So for the benefit of the audience, you know, let's, let's dig in and talk about some of the, um, you know, tests or processes, we'll call them know that have they've shown up along the way because they are important yeah absolutely um so i guess the big thing you know is i uh got myself into some trouble up at the cabin and i uh, ended up going to juvie for the night you know kids jail and uh, i woke up the next morning and called my mom and i was like hey uh where are you, you gonna come pick me up she's like yeah i'll be there in a few hours and uh next thing you know there's two big samoan dudes coming in the jail and handcuffing me and uh, throwing me in the back of their truck and driving me 13 hours basically to the middle of nowhere out in the desert in Kanab and giving me a backpack and dropping me off at 3 a.m. in the middle of the desert to some group and saying, we'll see you later. And, you know, it was hard 
just because I had no idea when I'd be out of there, if I was going to get out of there, you know, how long. And at first, you know, I was like, oh, I had an idea of what it was because I've had some buddies um, that actually had to move to Utah because they went through that. And they have a basically like an after rehab living center in Utah called uh, Crossroads. And so I had some buddies that went there. So I kind of had an idea what was going on. And I knew that they were out in the desert for a couple months, but I didn't believe that my parents would actually leave my leave my ass out there for that long. But they sure enough did. Um, <laughs> sure. Trust me, it wasn't easy. <laughs> tough, yeah, tough I want to, you know, park it right there just for a minute, Parker, because there, there's so much. That was such a, a, a quick <laughs> entry into that whole piece. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching your mom and dad and it's traumatic. You know, there's, there's a lot that's going on right then. There was, um, there's a lot of conversation they're having and they want to get it right. Um, but there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uh, focus on love for you, but how not to let you down. And that's tough to balance. You know, so what was going on with you two at that time? <laughs> um, that was just probably the hardest thing that I've did that I had to do in my entire life. Um, I could see he was going in the wrong direction. Um, and I knew I had to do something drastic to pull him out of it. And I knew he was a kid. I know he was a kid. But I um, just worrying and seeing him. And of course, like he said, there was a night at the cabin and that was my split decision. It was literally overnight that I had him in place. And, and yeah, to tell him that I was going to be there because I didn't want him freaking out and then have someone else pick him up. I literally cried for weeks. Well, you have to, you have to go back in a little bit in that story because Parker was, um, he was a football stud. He was a star. He was doing really well and doing, you know, everybody looked for him to go far. And, um, Unfortunately, one of his first actually was a scrimmage game before his junior year, I believe, sophomore, sophomore year. Um, he went to tackle a kid and, and tore his shoulder out, tore his shoulder out of place. And so we rehabbed that and, and got it fixed and um, started our junior year. Sophomore year I played. Sophomore, sophomore year, year, sorry, sophomore year. Um, you didn't play your junior year, right? Or half no, of it? I played no. sophomore year and it dislocated every Oh, it was sophomore it dislocated, and then well, both so both years, it, both it, years. It, yeah. So he played out his sophomore year, years. and then we uh, we went into our junior year. He went into his junior year and tore it out pretty good, like one of the first or second games. Well, I got surgery after sophomore year, yeah. right? Afterwards, surgery, and then yeah. and then junior, I had my second surgery after that one. Right. So anyway, he kept popping out, popping out, popping out, and finally, you know, I I'm like Doc, we can't. We got to do something to fix it because this isn't working. And unfortunately, you know, it's a lifetime injury. Um, but the doctor said, I can fix it. But he probably won't be able to ever throw a foot, foot baseball because he can't get his arm all the way back and or football or any of it. And we're like, well, that's what we need to do. And so we fixed it the right way. And, and hopefully we thought it was the right way. And, and but anyway, his his what his persona was as a football player was gone. And so he started doing 
different things that kids do and, and things you shouldn't do as, you know, getting into drugs and alcohol and things like that. Which mom, dads don't pay attention. I mean, I knew things were going on, but I don't stay up at night worrying about him. That's mom's job, right? I hate to say that, but that's really how I was. And and mom saw a lot of that. And so she was worried for quite some time. And and uh, it's when, like he mentioned, up at the cabin, it kind of led came to a head. There was an incident up there. And, and while we all went to sleep, well, he'd left and went to juvie. We went to sleep, and in the meantime, she's on the phone, or at least when I say we, I went to sleep, and I woke up and had a call that I, they needed a check to, he calls them these big Samoan guys, but they were his transport. And they, you know, they basically say, hey, we don't want the parents, the, the child will convince the parent by the time you get there not to take them there. And it's it's true. Yeah. I couldn't, if I would have been there, there's. So anyway, that's how he ended up there, and. And he talks about, we just left him there, and, and I know that's how it felt to you, but we were on the phone twice a week, well, at least once a week with his counselor. Um, it was a hard time for mom and dad, too, because it's hard to send your child out to the desert and not know what they're doing, and you, you hope they're safe. But, um, but it was the best thing, honestly, a hardest decision we probably ever made, and I think Parker will even agree now, the best thing we ever did because it, it turned his life from that where he was going to being a better person. And he had all the skills to be a better person. It was just growing up. It's being kids. It's tough. And um, we were just happy to get him home and happy that he, I still remember, you know, senior year, he's like, I, you know, school, blah, 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 all this, it's BS, you know. And I said, Parker, you'll walk down that aisle and you'll get your diploma. And all that BS will go away. All the drama that comes with being a kid disappears. And you're going to find out the people you really care about will be around. The rest will be gone anyway. The rest that may talk about you or have comments or whatever it may be. And that goes for all kids, all three of our kids. I mean, these Preston and Parker, especially their junior year, we hated. I don't know what was wrong with it. Something was in the water in the junior year, but we hated both of them <laughs> or hated what was going on back then. But um, Just tired. What are you saying they were tough? Yeah, they were, yeah I thought eight. <laughs> they were very tough. If I could skip from like 15 to 18, oh, hell yeah. I would bypass those years anytime. But the people, the men that they are now are just unbelievable. I just watching them speak um, during this podcast, it just... It brings tears to my eyes because I'm so proud of the men that they've become and what hard workers and what kind, caring men they've become. Mom, dad, you're warriors. And nothing short of that. Thank you. Staying on Parker, I want to go back. <laughs> A good thing. I personally want to know this. Yeah. So you're down. How long were you in the desert? I and was, I want to know the takeaways. What what hit you during that? Did you look in the self-accountability mirror? Uh, I was down there for eight weeks, I believe. Yeah, eight weeks. Um, the first week was definitely the hardest, you know, just because you don't know what's going on and you just kind of have an anxiety attacks, really just crying every night. Um, but like once I got through that first week and a half, two weeks, you know, I just was like, all right, well, I'm down here. I may as well get the most out of it and enjoy it. And it was a really beautiful place. So I think just being out there in nature, 
not having to worry in the world just really frees your mind. And so you do a lot of self-healing without even realizing it. Um, and it was, it was amazing. You know, the best takeaways are probably just, uh, I think focusing on the things that are really important in life. Cause they strip you of everything besides bare necessities. Right. So I have is a sleeping bag, a tarp and food, you know, and you got to make your food. It's not pre-made for you. So you have to learn how to cook too. Um, but yeah, just the simple things in life, just appreciating every little thing. Um, cause you never know when you could be back under a tarp or, you know, back in a situation where things aren't going your way. And then another thing would probably just be the love for people who are important to you. Cause you can't talk to them while you're there, you know, it's just letters and you only get those once a week. So yeah, just the love for the people that, you know, you kind of push to the side while you're doing other things in life. So there was a lot that I took away out of it and it was, it was a really amazing experience, honestly. How'd you feel initially when you, when you, you know, knew that your parents had sent you to the desert? I was pissed off. (laughs) I was really mad. It was just like a, it's a inescapable feeling at the moment, you know, cause you just, you can't really, you don't want to vent to anybody cause you don't know anybody. And you know, the counselors or the field people out there, they're really not there to do anything for you except make sure you don't die. So you're not really going to go talk to them about anything. It's really just a personal journey. And I think that's why it works the way it does is you just got to battle yourself until you hear a click and figure it out, you know? You know, I hear your story and I look at Stacy and, and the tears in your eyes, I can relate. Yes, you can. And, um, you want the best for your child. And I hope you see that, especially today, looking at your mom and dad and every parent out there would dive on a sword for their kid. I would effing do it in a heartbeat, not even think twice. Yeah. Nothing's more important than my family. And that's real. And the and then one of the most amazing takeaways were your brothers were like, Oh, we've got it made. You know. <laughs> Look where all the attention's at. Oh. That was the that was one of the worst parts is the week before we had taken Preston down to college, Colton was gone and my baby my only one, my company, <laughs> gone, gone. Yeah. Well, there's a pretty, hard. there's actually a really neat dynamic in your family. You guys haven't talked about, and there is a lot of testosterone in this family, right? Oh my but gosh. I will tell you that, that it's not, there's no secret that there has been really close relationships with one parent or the other, right? That it's not just been like, you know, uh, you know, I love my mom and dad the the same, like there's love for both mom and dad, but you know, you guys know that you've had a more, you know, deeper connection or the ability to communicate better with one parent or the other. And that's something we really haven't talked about. And I know that it exists in your family. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think growing up, I was mostly a mama's boy for sure. Um, but also in high school, I knew that I could get away with the most behind my mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, mom let us off with a lot, yeah, a lot of honesty <laughs> happening here. I know. Yeah, mom would protect us. Mom would, she's mama bear, 100%. And she would protect us as much as she can, but we would get away with so much crap because she loved us so much. 
<laughs> we would, she'd start yelling at me and Parker. Me and Parker would just like laugh at her the whole time. And then she'd start crying. We were that big of dicks, but we loved her so much. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd start coming after him and one would grab me and the other one would start tickling me. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, how can I be mad at them? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I think uh, after everything that happened, me and my dad's relationship really took off. You know, he's my best friend. Yeah, I love you. Love you too. Well, sorry. What were- <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, this is something that's important to address because, you know, in, in families, you know, mom and dad, they're a team. And, you know, you were talking about that, Tim, when you had that awareness that, you and Stacy were equals. You were you're on the same team, and yet you naturally there's just different responsibilities that show up in a home, and focuses. And it started out where you know, mom it was easy to go to mom, and mom would protect. And and yet, and and Tim, you were talking about this that it was like there's just certain things. It was like Stacy would take care of it, and you'd go to bed. <laughs> and, and, and I think that the reason why that's so powerful, because it does show up in a lot of families, it really does. Uh, and, and in different areas, not just the same, but, but, you know, anyone listening right now, you need to understand that those things do change. You know, you may have a really great relationship right now with one parent or the other, and those things change through life. They really do. They start to evolve. And, and as a parent, it's hard to be the one on the receiving end sometimes of not being the one that has that relationship. You get to be the the bad cop or something from time to time. For sure. And same with me. I mean, I grew up, me and my mom were best friends. She take, she took me to soccer. We drove what? Five, four times, three, four times a week to oh, soccer probably practice. Probably five. <laughs> uh, all the time traveling out of town. We had the best relationship ever. And growing up, I mean, once I turned, once I went down to Di- to college down at Dixie State, I said this in the last last podcast, but I think I leaned more on my dad, and I know my mom felt that, and I do love you, mom. I love you too. So bad. much. I know. I know you do. I love you. No, I think I think those relationships as they get older, you know, the work, the father, the yeah. husband, you know, I I understand. You know, you guys look up to your dad and. Yeah, and you I, love me. I do. And, and I don't I mean know. to push you away so much sometimes. No, you don't. I love I you. I love you. I do. love you. And I, going through that, I mean, me and my dad grew a great relationship. But, yeah, and I love you both so much. We love you too, bud. I love you. And I'm so happy I'm your son. Thanks, You're bud. lucky. I am no, lucky. <laughs> I am lucky because... We, I really did have the greatest uh, childhood growing up. Like, I don't remember worrying about one thing ever. I mean, I say this all the time to CJ. I'm like, I want to give my kids what my dad and mom gave me. <laughs> because you guys gave us everything. You will. I love yeah, you guys. Love you too. Love Thanks, you. bud. Thank you. Well, so I... Uh... <laughs> Colton's like, and moving on. <laughs> and it's the intermission. Uh, so as we've talked about before, I, I didn't um, spend most of my childhood living full-time in the house with everybody. I, I was um, had a little different dynamic. I was lucky enough that I had um, four great parents. Um, I'd say growing up, I think uh, me and my dad were probably closer. 
Um, I've never, never questioned and, um, you know, uh, Stacy's always has, always has been a, a mama bear in my life and I've never questioned uh, her love for me. I think it, I don't know why exactly it worked out like that. It just, you know, I think I was closer with my dad and, um, and I think our relationship is, uh, me and Stacy's relationship has definitely evolved as we got older too. And, I do too. Yeah. um, it's, it's been wonderful and I've looked up to, to both of them and, and they've been guiding you know, guiding lights in my life, even from a distance. And, um, you know, my dad's helped me through a lot of hard times. I think all, all of us have had hard times. Um, you know, when I joined the military, um, felt pretty lonely. I had a, you know, I had a girlfriend we, we got engaged for a quick second and then I got, we, we broke up and pretty quickly after that moved to Japan. And, and then from there, as I said, went to Afghanistan and, and, um, that first year in the military was hard and, and, um, was definitely homesick and uh you know even from far like i said my dad um was definitely a guiding light um it's cheesy and it is cheesy and i'll tell him that it's cheesy but i remember a conversation i had with him and him saying you know hey the, the stars you're looking up at are the same stars that i'm looking up at and um excuse me sorry <laughs> um no matter where i've gone that's always been something that i've kept in the back of my head and yeah after or I guess in the last five years, maybe some highlights. Yeah, we have so many. Um, you know, it's just been really fun to watch the kids grow up. And, and you know, they just have that drive and desire to be a better person. And, uh, you know, it's a, there's a part of the class of LB2, there's the ship good enough, right? It's just good enough. We're happy to be good enough. That's good. You know, I'm, I feel enough. I, I've had enough in my stomach. I'm happy to be there, right? And and they don't settle for that. And they, I think a lot of that has, I know it has to do with the rapport training and the way we've all, you know, you have a shift in a personality for different things you do in life, shift your personality and, and rapport was that shift for me and rapport was a shift for all of them, whether you know it or not at the time, but when you, you know, you d- decide you want to do something and whether it's Colton going in the military, which was a huge step of, it's not in our family. It doesn't run in our family. And for him to one day call me and say, Dad, I'm going to join the Air, the Air Force. You know, I was shocked because it just doesn't run in our family. But I think it's what he needed, that focus, because he was he was just kind of floating around. He'd gone to school a couple of years, hanging around with buddies, doing things that we all do at 18, 19, 20 years old, or, or kids do. Um, and I think that was his way of saying, I need to focus my life, and this is a way to do it hard way to go through all that training and everything and away from parents. But I see that the same with Preston who, you know, decides he's going to, you know, go to school and then he comes to work for R&O and goes to work for Hughes and then says, you know what, I can do this on my own because I know that I will be supported from my family no matter what, no matter how this ends up, they will love me the same. And then Parker, the same way, I just have been, been awesome to watch him grow as he's t- taken on different skills in his life. He, you know, was HVAC tech for a while, and now he's actually come to work, learning the good side of business on the general contractor side for R and O construction, and um, you know, wanting to grow, not just say I'm good with this. I want to grow on, want to be a better person all around, and and that's I think the biggest. If I could say anything, I'm proud of them. Yeah. I'm proud of our whole family for where we are today. And I just so excited as we do trips, you know, with uh, 
luckily I've got all the boys, so I get to do the boys trips and we go skiing together. And, you know, we go to, we've been to Cabo now a couple of times as a family and we go to Cheyenne Frontier Days and we go to the Flaming Gorge. And, and I look forward to it because I only care about being with this group right here and, right. and their spouses, but I could care less about anybody else. I want to be with them, you know, and, and that's, and they want to be with us is the fun part about it. And, so it's it's just been fun to grow up, watch them grow up, and and also grow up with them. It's I couldn't ask for more as as a family unit. So thank you, boys, for being who you are. Yes, thank you. That that's just a big transition. You guys have been through a lot, and you know you think back to uh, your earliest memories of when you can remember this life, and look how fast it's all moved. And everybody thinks that the the season that they're in right now is so long. And it's important and it does last a little bit like any season, but well, like any season it changes and then those chapters change and you guys have already lived so much and our favorite way to, you know, continue to move forward on this podcast is to talk about what's next. So we're going to spend the last of our time here just talking about what's next for the Gladwells because we know that it's going to be big and bold. We know that. I'll let you boys start. Stacy, honey. What's next for me? Yes. Grandbabies, I hope. (laughs) Hey! I'm trying, Mom. (laughs) Don't try. No trying. I'm doing it, Mom. (laughs) I have one, but I'll take more. But, um, no, just really looking forward to watching these boys grow. And, you know, Preston and Colton are married. Parker, pretty much. And, you know, the just watching their relationships develop and their families growing and just watching them grow and hopefully spending more time traveling with my husband. We make commitments on this show, so it's okay to talk about what you will be doing. <laughs> no, hopefully it's like you can, it's okay. okay to look at Tim and say, I will be traveling. More with you. He's, he's a hard one to get to go out of country. <laughs> and I know someone that's pretty good at making him do things that he doesn't want to do. <laughs> right now. I feel like this is the start of the future because Colton's finally back. I'm so excited. You're back, buddy. We finally have Colton back from the military and we get to do things together. Like our boys trip, our boys trip, our family's trips are, so much fun just having Colton back is just like that extra piece in the puzzle and I'm so excited to get to know you more and more because we haven't been together for 10 years I mean me and my me and Parker we've built an amazing relationship (laughs) 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 but no I love I love my brothers and they know that I might bug the shit out of them because I call them every day and I call my dad and I will call my mom more. <laughs> you said that on the last podcast. The last <laughs> you have been better though. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just love you guys, and I look forward to the families we're going to build together, and the experiences we're going to have, and the trials, and the success. I mean, we're all just starting our lives, and well, we're starting our adult. I mean, I guess Colin's old. Let me <laughs> it's not that old. Wow. I'm just kidding. Not that old. With love, Colton, of course, with love. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but it's just exciting. It's an exciting time. We're all doing our own thing, getting after it. And I know my brothers and my whole family are a bunch of badasses. So I love you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't say for sure what, you know, the future holds. None of us can. But I, I do know that, um, you know, everything that Preston does and Parker does and my, you know, my parents do and, um, damn sure what I'm going to do is going to be badass. But as Preston said, I'm, I'm very glad to be back too, to be with my brothers and be with my family and 
be able to spend more time with them and, and develop those relationships. And I'm so excited to, um, for all of our families to kind of grow up together. Um, and, you know, my son Jackson, who's only a few weeks old right now, but, you know, as they have sons, I, or, you know, children, I can't wait for all of our kids to, to be close. And, and I guess that's, that's my main thing is whatever we do, it's going to be together and it's going to be badass. Uh, I mean, I think they summed it up pretty well, to be honest. Uh, as far as for me, I'm just going to go out there and do my thing and be the most badass person I can be. And I love you. I seriously <laughs> love you, man. <laughs> oh, you know where you stand all the time. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, not to question where um, <coughs> Parker stands on things, but, you know, that's, that's what's beautiful. You know, we've, we've talked about this a couple of times on podcasts, you know, regrets. Regrets are important to have. Um, but it's more important to, you know, learn from those mistakes and things. And, and it's okay to have regret, but the most important part is to move forward and figure things out. And where you guys are at is just, it's inspiring. It's motivating. It's beautiful. And you're doing it together. And, and that's, what's so powerful. So, I mean, you know, Tim and, and Stacy, all I can say is just way to go. You know, congratulations, and I know that it hasn't been easy, but I'm sure it's been worth it. Yeah, so I'll let you guys, you two, end with the final thoughts. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, it's uh, it has been worth it. It's never easy. The easy things aren't aren't the things you really want at the end of the time. You want the hard things because they make you a better person. And I don't know. I never dreamed where, or you never know where the family, your kids will end up, where you'll end up as a family when they're young, you know, and you don't, somewhat don't even think about it either until they start to grow and get older. And, and they, Stacy does not agree with you, Tim. She thinks about it all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. So it's okay to say, I don't think about oh, it. I, yeah. Yeah. What I wanted, what I want and what I got with the family, my kids and my wife is is people that are going to go out and change the world, make a difference. And, you know, that, that one poem at the end of LB1, make a difference in one's person, one person's life, you've succeeded. And you've done that. You have all done that in the room with me. And I hope I've done the same with you and others too. And that, and that's what you want is not just be successful in your career and money and family, but to give back, to, to donate, to give time, to, those are the things that are actually fun now because you actually enjoy it. I enjoy doing that. And I know you guys all do too. So I would just say it's, it's incredible. It's incredible what this, what rapport does. It's a, it, to me, it's a paradigm shift. It, and it, you may not know it right at the time, but a lot of things in life are paradigm shift and rapport was one of them where you just look at things different. And I always go back to, one of the things I heard in LB one of, you know, you take this balloon and you blow it up and you blow it up and, It'll be big when it's full of air and you let it out, but it's never the same size, right? It's never what it was when you started that small. And that's kind of what anything, any changes in your life are that, that, that mean something to you. Of You'll never be that little balloon again because it's something will always be there that will trigger of, I can do better. I shouldn't do that. I need to talk to my wife better. I, you know, whatever that may be. And that's what rapport was for me. And, and uh, I'm just, I'm blessed that we had the opportunity to go through it. You just summed it up. You're a good speaker. Just am amazed at my boys and our family. And I just look forward to watching everyone grow and just blessed that we've had report in our life. Awesome. Well, Gladwell's thanks for being here today. Honestly, a lot of tears, a lot of good, happy tears. Proud of every one of you. 
mom and dad, honestly, warriors to, to hear that story and things that I did not hear. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or go to our website at buildingutahyouth.org. This is JJ Chanowski signing off. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.org.